This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two, Sportsnet Today, kicking off here on this Wednesday afternoon. We are live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Still to come this hour, our regular Wednesday spot with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. Means another edition of Ask Andy is coming your way. So you have fantasy football questions. Did you make the playoffs? Are you in a dynasty league where you didn't make the playoffs and you need to decide who you're keeping or not? Start sit suggestions, waiver wire pickups, all of it and more. You can ask Andy at 960-960, texting into the fan feedback line. And uh, we'll make sure to get as many questions to Andy as we always do when we chat with uh, Andy McNamara coming up later here on Hour 2. But before we get to that, uh, we'll check in here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. After morning skate and hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames as they get set to take on the Vancouver Canucks tonight. 7 o'clock, Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. Wills and Labardius on the call tonight just after 8 o'clock. Uh, don't have to rush to your seats for an 8 o'clock puck drop tonight. It is a national game on TNT south of the border. So they will be fitting in, I believe the other game is Montreal and Ottawa. Let me double check that. Yeah, Montreal-Ottawa is the other one at 5. So they give a little bit of a buffer just in case that game goes late. Happens to go to a shootout so that we can get uh, all the analysis in for them. So more like an 8-20 puck drop tonight, uh, but we'll keep it here for uh, pregame all the way up until puck drop. And then, of course, your home of the Flames is Sportsnet 960, so we'll have the call for you uh, whenever the puck is dropped at the Saddle Dome tonight. Interesting matchup. Flames need to drop this three-game losing streak. Uh, perfect time to do so against the Vancouver Canucks, who are, you know, six in the Pacific Division, 12, 13, and three. Spencer Martin's in goal now with Thatcher Demko currently on the IR. Not sure if Martin's going to start tonight, but that's what we're expecting. Uh, he's got a good record on the year at 8, 3, and 1, but the shine has sort of come off with his numbers. He's a 345 goals against and an 891 save percentage as of today. So if you're the Flames, we've talked about this a couple of times. You know, that shot volume is going to be important tonight. Pour as much onto this Canucks goaltender as you possibly can. And we're starting to see a little bit of a different Flames lineup tonight. Matthew Phillips will come out. Brett Ritchie will come in. Weger and Lindholm are back in the lineup. That's good news. Tanev will not play tonight. He's still dealing with that upper body injury after he took that puck off the side of the head on Monday's game against Montreal. But seems like he's doing well. Of course, just don't want to put a timeline on anything that serious. It's going to take some time for him to obviously feel back to 100%. So we'll see how that goes for, for him. But you'll look at Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli tonight. Dubé, Kadri, Manjapani stay together. We see Coleman elevated back to the third line with Backlund and Ruzicka. Louis Zahorna, Richie is the new one on the fourth line. Hannafin Anderson, Zadorov with Uyghur. Mackie stays in to replace Tanev. He will be on a pairing with Michael Stone. Jacob Markstrom gets the start in goal 
against his former team. So we'll hear from Eli- we'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter, uh, his post morning skate address at the Saddle Dome coming up in just moments. We'll also hear from Mackenzie Weger, who missed that game against Montreal, and uh, Blake Coleman in there as well ahead of this matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, if you're listening live, we did this yesterday, and uh, we'll continue to do it throughout the week. Uh, Kane Brown is coming to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome this Saturday. As part of the Drunken uh, Drunker Dreaming Tour, he's got special guest Jesse James Decker and Restless Road along with him, and we've got tickets to give away. We did it yesterday. I made it very simple. Uh, Jesse was our winner yesterday. Uh, I just made it very simple and said, "All you have to do is tell me who you want to go with to the concert on Saturday, and we would pick a winner." I left it to my uh, Gen Z technicians on the other side taylor and cam to pick a winner i did the question but i said to them i said i don't want to be a i don't want to be a lazy host anymore i I need we need to do trivia we need to amp this up for the ticket giveaway and uh the wonderful taylor dingman has apparently got a set for this tete are you uh are you ready to do your first giveaway i'm so excited are you or are sure. you just feigning excitement as you usually do when I introduce you to things? Um, you choose. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to believe that you're excited and tell myself that you are. Uh, so uh, what are we going to have to – what is the listener going to have to do, Taylor, if they would like to win tickets? Obviously, you're going to have to text into 960-960 with your first and last name on the text. But, Taylor, are we doing trivia? What are we doing today? We're going to do some Calgary Flames trivia. Oh, some Calgary Flames trivia on the home of the Calgary Flames. Uh, that's very original. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Taylor, today's question is? Who was the youngest player in Flames history to reach the 100-goal milestone? Wow. Taylor coming hard with it. It's a good one. I like it. I like it, too. They're going to get harder as the week goes on. Wow. Okay. I like that a lot. Uh, 960-960. Again, first and last name, if you're listening live, has to be on the text or I can't pick you as a winner. It's just a thing we have around here. Taylor, give me that question one more time for those listening live at 960-960. Who was the youngest player in Flames history? To reach the hundred goal milestone, youngest player to reach the hundred goal milestone for the Calgary Flames nine six zero nine six zero. Your first and last name has to be on the text. If you are the first one in with that correct answer, uh, we will actually no, we're not going to do first in. We'll let the listeners who are streaming get a little bit of time too. So we'll pick a winner at random instead. Uh, we'll do that, and to uh, get us there, I promised uh, we'd hear from some of the uh, Calgary Flames ahead of today's matchup. Let's do that now while people get their text in at 960-960. We'll start with the head coach, Daryl Sutter, his team on a three-game losing streak. He makes, uh, on a three-game losing streak, he makes some lineup changes heading into tonight's matchup with the Vancouver Canucks. Here's what he had to say to the media a little bit earlier on following his team's morning skate at the Dome. Carol, your takeaways from the last two games of that road trip, obviously the team played better. They were good games. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, they were good good hockey games. <laughs> I would have paid to watch both of them. Uh, what do you see when you look at, at this Canucks team? Pardon? What do you see when you look at your opponent tonight? What do I see? Yeah, well, what do you like about their team? Well, it's pretty obvious to get. But well, they got at least five guys that are. I just 
just random. I'll just say five guys that are on pace for about 35 to 50 goals. That's that's. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> and then um, I guess what else? Uh, Luke, I like Luke Shen a lot. I coached him in L.A. That's a top guy. He'd be captain on most teams, so I like that. How's Chris doing? Pardon? How's Chris Tanev doing? He's better. Yep. So getting better and just go day, day to day with him. Thankful it was no fracture and, you know, where it hit him. I mean, if you can get hit in the head, that's better to get hit here than there. Darrell, the magic number for your team has been three goals. You have a really good record when you get to three. Uh, how can you get to three more often moving forward? Just score two more than we did in Montreal. It's a vague question, so you get a vague answer. For being at the very end of a road trip, Daryl, were you were you pleased, impressed with the late push you had uh, uh, in Montreal? You s seemed to generate most of your chances. You know, we late liked, on. you know, apparently we liked the way we played, but I, you know, we brought guys up and put guys in that were in, from the press box, and that and you need more from them. Right? When you get in, it's not just the trip. We're we're in a heavy stretch. Right? You need more out of those guys. They have to be. They can't be. Just going out there to give somebody else a rest. They have to go out there and give you something. So that's part of four lines and three pairs. And when you get in an injury situation or travel situations, those types of things, you need guys to not just be popular. You need them to be good. So for a guy like Redeem who's playing with a veteran in Blake, where are you hoping that the veteran kind of teaches him on the ice or that relationship? For Redeem? Yeah, yeah, playing with veterans. Yeah, I think he was he was really good the first two, and then I think in Montreal he wasn't as good. So I don't think a, a veteran sitting beside him on the bench is going to help him. I mean, you got to pick it up, kick yourself in the ass once in a while. There you go, the head coach of the Calgary Flames, uh, Daryl Sutter, following morning skate at the Scotiabank Saddledome on this Wednesday as his team gets set to take on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, lots there. Lineup changes, you know, Phillips out, Richie in, Zahorna remains on that fourth line, this time with uh, Lewis and Richie. The Phillips one is what most people I've seen on social media are, of course, clamoring about. It was just two games for Phillips on that road trip. I think we have to, look, I was, I was decently happy with his usage, to be honest, I, if if I have to be honest, I was worried that if Phillips was going to get in, it was going to be in that fourth line spot and we would see minimal usage when it came to things like the power play. I was wrong about that. He saw a good amount of time on power play too. There wasn't much five on five ice, but when you're new ish to the team and you're still trying to figure out your line mates that changed in both games. Yeah. It's going to be tough for Matthew Phillips to find his legs like that and to find uh, an immediate impact. Um, I would have kept him in tonight, uh, but that's the coach has been looking for more out of guys like Richie and, and Lucic, as he talked about there that, you know, guys sitting in the press box are there because we need more out of them. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to have to bring them in and, and see what they can do. I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of Matthew Phillips. I think he will be back in the lineup sooner than later. And this could be one of those opportunities. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau 
not to say the same player, uh, very early on in his Flames tenure, found himself watching a game from the press box. There are coaches that feel that there's value in that. I would have kept Phillips in the lineup tonight, let him get his feet wet, get a home game in, and continue building hopefully something with Michael Backlund. But I also think that that line with Ruzichka and Coleman has a lot of potential and can do some things for this Flames team in terms of depth that the Vancouver Canucks can't bring to the table tonight. So we'll see what happens uh, with Phillips. As of right now, he won't play tonight. It'll be Brett Ritchie coming in and Coleman elevated to line three with Backlund and Ruzichka. Speaking of Blake Coleman, uh, he spoke to the media as part of the Flames contingent after morning skate today. He talked about uh, his spot in the lineup and what his team needs to do to get out of this three-game losing streak. Also, what to expect against the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Here is Blake Coleman. Just overall, Blake, uh, I thought you come back home here after a, a road trip where I think there's probably parts of your game that you guys really liked. Uh, what do you take away from that? Maybe some things that you want to improve upon as you start for two. Yeah, I think the results obviously weren't uh, where we wanted them to be, but I think, you know, like you said, a lot to build on. I think our, our effort was good. Uh, goaltending was, was good. So, um, you know, it's always good to be back in front of your own fans and at home and um, just need to pick up where we left off on the last homestand and take care of business tonight. What's this Canuck team look like to your group? They're a good team. They're, you know, they got a lot of firepower. They got guys that can get up and down and, and score. They got uh, a couple good puck moving defensemen and, and some big guys on the back end as well. So pretty well rounded. I think, um, you know, it's, it's a four line, three pair kind of game on both sides. And I think, um, you know, the guys, the team that has more, uh, more guys show up tonight, come out on the win side. Looks like Jacob's playing really well, but the team's, I think, only scored three times his last four starts. Do you feel for a guy that's playing well? How do you support him more um, as forwards and trying to score more? Yeah, it's unfortunate, really. I mean, you know, he's deserved better outcomes in his uh, last few starts, and, um, you know, and, and we try to emphasize that we want to play for, for Marky. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy, a great leader on our team, and, um, you know, we, we just got to give him the run support. It's just... You know, you gotta. There's no excuses. You know, you just gotta find a way to get get pucks in the net and um, and lift a guy like that up because he he's the reason that uh, we've been in a couple of the games and um, you know he's he's drawn some criticism in the media over the last month that uh, that we don't feel was deserved. So um, you know, it's on on the players to, to pick him up. At the same time, have you seen him go to another level in his last three or four starts? Yeah, he's the marquee that we that we know and expect and. Um, you know that's the kind of competitor he is. It's not a surprise to anybody in here that uh, that he's you know playing as well as he is and, and giving us, like I said, chances to win games. And um, at the end of the day, we just we want to win for him. And and uh, you know it's always better to play in front of a guy that you want to win for. We've had nights where it seems like the puck has gone a lot, and then it's been a little bit more of a struggle on other ones. Is there a key to evening that out? Uh, it's just the way hockey goes. You know some games goalies on the other side play well some games shots go in um you know I, I think it's more about building your your game as a team and and making sure you're generating chances and uh, ultimately it's pretty much the law of averages in this league uh you get enough chances pucks are going to go in and if you're not generating enough then uh you're going to be on the wrong side of it more times than not we've seen him take a real punishment at times and just to see him go through it as teammates when you see him block that puck and see him go down your thoughts and just the idea of just how tough this guy really is yeah he's a warrior he's uh you know he's one of our leaders he's 
He's a guy that uh, brings it every day. He doesn't complain. He just shows up and goes about his business. And, um, you know, probably I haven't looked at the stats, but I would imagine he's maybe at the top, if if not right there, for uh, shot blocking this team. And, um, you know, it's just a big part of the game he brings. He just does the little things right. He's tough. He, uh, you know, he sacrifices for us. And, unfortunately, that one caught him in a, a tough spot. But, uh, you know, to no surprise, he's... Um, back back here today and looking good and um, already eager to get back in so um, you know it's it's good news that he's okay uh, but yeah you can't speak enough about uh, the toughness that he brings to our team that is flame sword Blake Coleman he will be back on the line with Michael Backlund and Adam Ruzichka tonight when the Flames take on the Vancouver Canucks Last piece of audio to play for you, defenseman Mackenzie Weger. He missed Monday's game with a non-COVID illness. He'll be back in the lineup tonight and on a pairing with Nikita Zadorov as Chris Tanev continues to recover from that scary instant on Monday. He'll be a big part of the Flames if they look to, as they look to, take on the Canucks tonight. That pairing will be counted on for Daryl Sutter, no doubt. Uh, here's Mackenzie Weger speaking to the media after morning skate. Just a thought on the, uh, the offense. Do you feel like... Your chances are there right now to, to maybe be ready to break through with a, a few more goals? Yeah, I think um, the chances are there. I, you know, I could probably create a few more, but, um, you know, creating chances for the other forwards, I think, um, you know, breakout passes or, um, you know, plays down low to the other forwards have been there. I just, um, you know, I'm looking, obviously, to find that first goal. And, um, you know, once, once that comes, comes hopefully a, a few more can come behind that one what about as a team do you feel like the, the group is generating where you'd like to be um you know i think the chances are there i think you know bearing down and scoring on those chances could be a lot better um you know i think we've been talking about that for quite some time i think we've been talking about you know a few things for quite a while now i think it's you know it's time you know that we actually do them and we stop talking about them you know at the same time, what are you seeing behind you and Jacob Markstrom over the course of the last three or four starts? Oh, he's been great. You know, um, he's been a wall back there. And, you know, obviously he thought he went through a bit of a rough patch, but, you know, nobody in here thought that. We all thought that he was, a, he's been a great goaltender for us, and um, he's been making the, the stops that we needed at, at big times in the game. What's, uh, when, when Chris Tanev blocks a shot like that and goes down, what goes through your head? And what, just how important of a guy is for this group right now? Yeah, it's scary. Um, you know, he's your teammate, but he's also a friend, and he's a good buddy of ours. And um, you think about your health and, um, and stuff like that, it's scary, and you hate to see that stuff happen. And the first thing you, you want to do is go see if he's okay. And thankfully he was, and, um, you know, um, you know, he's a warrior. Everybody, I think, in Calgary knows that he's a, he's a tough, tough guy. And, um, you know, for him to go down like that is obviously tough to see, but I'm, I'm really happy that he's okay. Mackenzie Weger, the last of the Flames to speak to the media this morning. Uh, they're getting set to take on the Canucks. He'll be on that pairing with Nikita Zadorov tonight uh, as his regular D partner, Chris Tanev, is not in, still with that upper body injury. But from all accounts, as you heard from everybody uh, in those different clips of audio, it sounds like Chris is doing pretty good. Uh, and is back at the rink. That's always good news, but you just never really know with those sort of things what kind of timeline you're looking at. Hopefully for the Flames, it's sooner than later. He's such a crucial part of what they do back there. Um, but at the same time, I, I said it on Twitter, it's a terrifying thing to see a guy get hit like that and to drop like he did and 
looked like he was unconscious for a bit. That's just a scary situation, and you don't want to rush a guy back when you're dealing with head injuries and that sort of thing. So they won't have Tanev tonight, but hopefully uh, we'll talk about Friday as maybe a potential returning spot for the Flames number eight. Uh, before we get out of here uh, for our first segment of Hour 2, we have some business to take care of at the beginning of the segment. Uh, for those of you listening live and streaming the show, uh, we had another pair of Kane Brown tickets to give away. He is in town on Saturday as part of his Drunker Dreaming Tour with special guests Jesse James Decker and Restless Road. Uh, so a nice Saturday night out to go uh, to the Saddle Dome and watch some uh, Kane Brown. Should be a great concert. Uh, I was easy on the listeners yesterday uh, with uh, the text in to win tickets. Uh, our producer, Taylor Dingman, this uh, afternoon, not quite as easy. Uh, she gave uh, a pretty challenging trivia question out there. And I'm not going to lie, uh, Taylor, a lot of people struggled with this one. We needed first and last name on the text. That's a general 960 rule. Obviously, you got to be able to go to the concert on Saturday. That's another one that we we try to throw out there. But uh, you started it off strong. Your first ticket giveaway, and you went strong on this one. For those uh, who need a reminder, what was your question for the listeners today? The question was, who was the youngest Flame in Flames history to reach the 100-goal milestone? Now, a lot of people went to a name that I think I, I understand if you guessed this one. It, a lot of people guessed Joe Newendike. We had a lot of Newendike on there. You know, it's it's explainable. A couple people went to the old flurry. I respect that one. And there's always going to be, when you're talking about like Flames records, you're always going to have people who guess Aginla, and that's fair. But uh, it's a name that maybe uh, a few people didn't expect, Taylor. Who was, uh, first of all, what was the answer, and then who was our winner for today? Well, the answer to the question is the one, the only, Jonathan Monathan. Sean Monahan on the uh, on the record book for the Flames is the it was the youngest. He is the youngest. Youngest hundred goal milestone. Yeah. So Sean Monahan was your correct answer. Uh, if you texted in nine six zero nine six zero, you were entered into our randomizer to pick a winner. And I believe you and Cam have picked a winner for uh, today's pair of tickets. Yes, we have. All right. Uh, can you are you gonna hit me with a drum roll first? You know it. All right. Let's do that. Suspense, lots of suspense. The winner is George Golder from Airdrie. Oh, congratulations, you are going to George Brown, buddy. There you go, George. Congratulations. Uh, I'll text you back with information on those tickets. Uh, if you didn't win today, the good news is uh, we've got tickets to give away on Thursday and Friday's edition of the show as well. The bad news is uh, Taylor's interested in making the questions even harder. So, uh, are we keeping at Calgary Flames rest of the week? Can you give us a hint as to what might be coming Thursday or Friday, Taylor, or no? Uh, we are sticking with the Calgary Flames genre. Okay. Um, maybe, potentially, other Flames. Keep it vague. <laughs> Do your homework. Maybe, potentially, or no. Who knows? things. Who knows? I'm other flame topics. Other, other flame topics. Um, that, maybe not Calgary Flames. Maybe really, oh, a different flame wow. team. Okay. Fair one thing's enough. for sure, there will be trivia. Yes, that's. Uh, I think that's the one thing that you can get here is that there's going to be trivia and it'll be Flames related and that's the best that Taylor's going to give you. So once again, uh, congratulations to George. We'll uh, text you about information on those tickets. Shout out to Taylor and Cam uh, for nailing it with their first ticket giveaway. We'll continue to do this. Throughout the week for those Kane Brown tickets, uh, he's coming in town on Saturday. 
uh, for his Drunker Dreaming Tour at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll finish off Hour 2 with our regular Wednesday chat with Andy Magdamera, our fantasy football guru. Fantasy football playoffs are starting for many this week. If you've got questions that you need answered, we've got tweets already. We've got texts already. 960-960. If you've got a question for Andy, ask Andy. He's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Week 15. Week 15 of the NFL season kicks off tomorrow night. A big matchup in Seattle in the NFC West between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Part of four days of NFL football coming your way in week 15. The NFL decides to dominate the rest of our lives for the next couple of days. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And as the calendar turns, we get closer to fantasy football playoffs. The questions are already pouring in. The tweets have come in. The texts are coming in at 960-960. That must mean it's time for another edition of Ask Andy and a chat with our pal, Andy McNamara, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you, pal? Oh, Logan. Yeah, the question's coming in. I'm seeing them all on Twitter popping in and in fantasy football playoffs. People ready for some DFS contests getting ready to roll. Yes, our boys Joel, Rob getting in on Twitter. The texts have been coming in all show long, so we'll have lots to get to when it comes to Ask Andy this week. But, man, are you excited for it? Four days of football, the triple header on Saturday. It's always uh, an exciting time. we got a pretty good Thursday nighter coming up, too. Yeah, it, it actually looks on paper. Now, we know we've been fooled before, but yeah. on paper, uh, looks looks fun. However, let's give Thursday night football that we've rightfully dumped on for most of this year some credit because that was a heck of a comeback by my guy, Baker Mayfield. How about that last week? Big show goes legend one more time. That was awesome. What a story that is coming in on two days after being claimed on waivers. Doesn't get the start, but gets pushed into action. And as a Chargers fan, Andy, you know I had to love seeing the Raiders uh, implode on themselves. I, I honestly just don't know if Josh McDaniels is cut out to be an NFL head coach. I think the guy is smart enough to think the game. I think he's a great offensive coordinator, Andy. But when the guy gets the title of head coach, things just seem to go south. Well, it's like Matt Patricia. And, you know, that Belichick coaching tree in general is pretty weak. Pretty weak, right? You have, like, the legends of, like, Bill Parcell and he trickles down and all these other greats from throughout the year. And the Bill Belichick guys are not do not generally do well as or are long-lasting as NFL head coaches. And it seems like McDaniels round two, first time in Denver. Now here, uh, I would say, you know, at some point he'll be back with, with old Uncle Bill. But they're saying, like, we have to remember, too, in Vegas, the ownership group, that's their job. It's like with the Bengals with Mike Brown, right? With Mike Davis, it's, that, that's all they have. They don't come from, like, oil money like Jerry Jones or anything like that. Like, they're... Their business, their livelihood is football. So people are saying, like, they might not be able to afford to fire Josh McDaniels for a while. So they may be stuck with him. That's a a scary outlook for Raiders fans who probably didn't think it was going to get worse after John Gruden, but somehow it has. And you brought in Devontae Adams, and he seems to be your only threat offense. I get there's been injuries, but, man, 
I was somebody that was a little bit higher on the Raiders going into this season with that combo of of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, and they have just let it down. I mean, it doesn't help that they can release a first-round pick every single week if they wanted to, Andy, but, man, that team's in bad shape right now, especially in that division. Oh, and, and the division. Remember, Logan, we were talking every week was supposed to be just must-see TV when this, this AFC West got together, and it's been the most overhyped, most disappointing divisional storyline maybe ever, like for how hyped everybody was. It was just awful. It, it really has been. You've had disappointment after disappointment. Russell Wilson, the Chiefs eventually separated, but you know the, the Chargers, I think, are interesting, but it's still not this, the same like knockout blow, punch for punch, like must-see TV from every team in that division. Let's talk a bit about Thursday night. I'm really intrigued by this one. The 49ers uh, whooped some Tom Brady ass last week with Brock Purdy at quarterback, question mark. And sure enough, the, the last pick in last year's draft comes in and you know uses the talent around him well enough, Andy, and picks up his first career victory. You feel great for the young man, but you still have question marks about whether he can take this 49ers team to where they want to go. And on the other side, you've got this Seattle Seahawks team that's sort of an upstart playing with house money because the Denver Broncos are going to hand them a top five draft pick. This is an interesting one on Thursday night. It really is. And I'm looking at it right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook. You have the 49ers three and a half point road favorites in Seattle. I'll tell you, I kind of like the Seahawks to win this one outright. The, the money line right now is plus 160. Um, I'm liking that because you have Purdy who's not at 100%. Now it looks like he will probably play but short week with an oblique injury and those are the weird ones right those like the muscle at the side like all it takes is one wrong throw in pregame warm-up and you're out and then you're who's the next guy josh johnson he's still or he's still around (laughs) you know it could be josh johnson he's still there but good for brock purdy and it goes to show again the quarterback friendliness that is that shanahan offense and where you don't ask the guy to do too much. Like, look at what you had Brock Purdy do last week in that win over Tampa Bay. You had him throw the ball 21 times. He got two touchdowns, didn't throw a pick, and let their guys run the ball. Let their playmakers do their thing. That's the recipe for success in the Shanahan offense. So if you can do that against Seattle and keep those throws down, don't make it so that Brock Purdy has to throw the ball 40 times. Um, You should be in good shape. Like, here's the thing, though. You still have... The reason I kind of like Seattle a bit is for a couple reasons is Debo Samuel, not going to play Christian McCaffrey, not a hundred percent should play. And for Seattle, this is kind of a must win. If you want a shot at the division, right? Like you let that one get away last week. They slept walk in that loss to Carolina. You slept walk to that. So now you lose this, you're done. The division's out of reach. You win it. You're one game back. And so then you got a real shot. So I think at home, if, especially if they hit early, and we've seen Geno Smith go off this week. Kenneth Walker, by the way, for you fantasy players, Kenneth Walker is going to play. Thank goodness. I got him on one of my teams. Hallelujah. For the fantasy football playoffs. <laughs> he will play. So that's the situation I would track. And if you're going to lay a few, you know, like I said, on the DraftKings Sportsbook or getting somebody in your fantasy lineup, uh, maybe think about some Seahawks. One thing I haven't heard mentioned enough, too, is don't forget that's a tough place to go into as a rookie, into Seattle. Uh, as loud as that stadium can be with a winning record late in the season like Seattle has, I expect it to be pretty bumping on a Thursday night in Seattle. That's going to be tough for Brock. I think so. And, again, especially if 
the Seahawks can strike quick. You want to keep that crowd engaged, right? You want to keep them engaged. And if you do that, then you have a chance with that, like we said, that rookie quarterback who's not at 100%, who is sort of just playing with, wow, you know, still wide-eyed and, and just looking around. Um, I think there's a chance now you still have that 49ers defense, which is just rolling. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely been been tremendous. So I think, yeah, this is going to be a really good um, really good Thursday night matchup. And I got, you know what, for one, one super deep sleeper, I would, I, now I don't want you guys to play them in your fantasy football playoffs. Okay? okay. Don't do this. But, but if you're playing some DraftKings DFS contest for a true contrarian play, 1% ownership, Jawan Jennings, wide receiver of the 49ers, no Debo Samuel. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey, not hundred percent. Brandon Ayuk slides up to the top wideout. Jawan Jennings, is a starter. This is based off of opportunity and not anything proven, Logan. So this this may be a total bust, but that's why you pop mint. Imagine if that guy gets a couple touchdowns for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to win some money. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. This will be one to watch for sure. We're chatting with Andy McNamara here on our Wednesday hit with him. We're getting set for another edition of Ask Andy. It's coming up in just moments. You have fantasy football questions. You can get them in at 960-960. Fantasy football playoffs starting for many this week. You have dynasty questions. Anything you want to send to Andy, make sure to get it in now. We've had text funding in on Twitter and on the text line since the show began. So make sure if you want your question answered to get it into Andy in the next couple minutes here. A uh, couple of questions before we get there, Andy, as we let it build up uh, ahead of Ask Andy. Uh, what do you think about uh, Micah Parsons not buying the Jalen Hurts MVP buzz? He sort of questions whether or not it's Hurts or it's all the talent around him. Where does uh, Andy McNamara come out? Are you Team Hurts or, or Team Parsons? Oh, boy. Well, like, giving bulletin board material. Why? I didn't what understand it. It was a weird timing to start talking about that. Like so stupid. So or like okay, so they're they're twelve and one now. Is it part the yeah? Of course it's part the system and the pieces around him. Of course, name a quarterback uh, for the most part who doesn't have good pieces around him to be successful, right? Like obviously it is the steps that Jalen Hurts has taken from the pre-draft process coming out of college, not getting the arm talent respect he deserved. I gave it to him since day one before he was even drafted. All the way through to last year. Okay, he's in. Give him peace, peace. They have built him up beautifully. Josh Allen-esque in the buildup. Not, obviously not the same quarterback, but the way that they've brilliantly brought him along and given him a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, is the same way the Buffalo Bills brought along Josh Allen. For, from a guy with uh, much rawer talent for Allen. So for Jalen Hurts, the guy can run, he can throw, um, and he's not even at his peak yet. And you got those weapons around him, and the running games, a combo is clicking. And you're doing it without Dallas Goddard as well. Uh, I think a lot of credit goes to Jalen Hurts. Overall, is he going to be the MVP? Uh, you know, maybe not. But I, does he belong in the conversation? Absolutely. Yeah, I just thought it was weird timing for Parsons to go on and, and get into that. I mean, yeah, even if he's not the MVP, he's likely going to be around 4,000 passing yards. He's likely going to get to 1,000. Uh, rushing yards. He's thrown three interceptions to 22 touchdowns this year. He's in your division. Um, I guess maybe Micah Parsons is, is trying to play head games with him there and, and try to do that, but this Eagles team doesn't seem like one to mess around with. I was I was pretty curious about the timing and all of that from, from uh, Parsons. 
Yeah, very, very strange. And the thing is, too, around Jalen Hurts, you have enough veteran experience and players and coaches and stuff around him to overcome that, right? And I'm sure at this point, he's probably blocking out the noise. Look, they're 12-1. and one. People have been saying they've been fake all year. I don't think they are. This is a well-built team, and you mentioned it. What's the biggest thing with young quarterbacks? You don't want them turning over the football. And he's not. The touchdowns are up. The interceptions are down. Look, at each year of growth in year three now, it's exceptional. And just like two in Miami for this year for Philadelphia, because they have some nice draft capital, it was, okay, let's try to put some pieces around Jalen Hurts, see if he's the guy. If he's not the guy, we have the draft capital to go get another guy. And Jalen Hurts, I think, has proven without a shadow of a doubt, he is the guy. The, the yards per uh, uh, completion, too, just over eight. Like, like you're, not, you're not seeing dink and dunk necessarily as well with the leg talent. Um, he's proven that he's a, he can be the man. And uh, this Eagles team is one to reckon with, man. So, okay, Micah Parsons, look, he's one of, if not the best defensive player uh, in football. Uh, you know what? We could be headed for a nice, a nice interesting showdown between those two sooner than later. Uh, last one before we get to ask Andy here. Just a, a thought. I know it'll be all over the questions I'm sure that we have for today. Kyler Murray out for the season with a torn ACL. What a disappointment it's been for Arizona. One in seven on the season and uh, now really just looking at finishing the year out without their star quarterback. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. You've had injuries all over the place. Zach Ertz started the year six games without DeAndre Hopkins. It's been all over the place, right? And now it's a... You're limping to the finish. That's it. And I think you have some real questions to ask about Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Now, you signed Kyler Murray to the extension, but that small – like, the guy's 5'9". I don't care what it says on, you know, ESPN. The guy's 5'9", all right? I've, I've talked to reporters who have stand beside him, and they're like, Andy, if that dude is 5'11", I'm 7 feet tall. <laughs> like, he, yeah. he's tiny. He's been figured out to a certain degree. And – the players, these defensive players now are really fast and they're really big and they're angry men and they like to squash little little things. And Kyler Murray is a little thing and he's getting squashed and he doesn't have the durability to do it. And I just think that's a, when you combine that with having a video game clause in your contract, maybe Kyler Murray should be giving baseball another thought. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we got plenty of questions to get to on Twitter and on the text line. Uh, fantasy football playoffs are upon us. Let's get to another edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get it going, AMC. We've got plenty to get to here. Let's uh, kick it off on the text line. This one coming in, uh, half-point PPR. I need a start sit for my running back stable this week. Uh, Walker, Etienne, Pacheco, Swift, and Pierce. So you need, what, two? I'm going to guess two here. Two? Okay, so let's go with Walker. Walker looks like he is going to play. Track it, but he has been, his injury designation has been removed. So I pop him in. Uh, not a bad stable of options there. Um, I'm leaning DeAndre Swift against the Jets. I, I'm, I'm kind of digging that. I know it's not the game we uh, wanted to see him have against Minnesota, but I'm kind of thinking Swift Pacheco I still don't trust overall in that Kansas City uh, offense. Detroit's interesting because you got a lot of moving pieces with Jameson Williams back. DJ Chark, by the way, folks, quick side note on the lines. You need a fantasy football waiver wire pickup. DJ Chark is available still in like 50% of leagues. 
And that guy is getting a nice, solid target share over the last couple of games and hitting double digit uh, in the team fantasy points. So DJ chart, but to answer the question, I'd say you go Walker and uh, give me Deandre Swift. Uh, running backs, pick one Patterson Dobbins Williams. Uh, you know what? I, I don't like the, uh, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say I don't like the Dobbins one. Cause I kind of do depending on who is in at quarterback, uh, quarter Patterson, Great year before he got injured. Last two weeks, not so great. New Orleans defense is still kind of weird. What a weird franchise they are. Um, I actually think I might go Dobbins here because if it's not Huntley, you get the undrafted third string guy, and nobody knows what to expect out of him. It's going to be a combo of Dobbins and Edwards. And the Browns know it's coming, but the Browns have known that running has come before and they still couldn't stop it. So I think you go with Dobbins here. And a flex spot, Evans, Davis, Judy, or Pickens? No Pickens, Judy. Ooh. Well, I, don't, I don't really want to trust Russell Wilson. Yeah. Don't blame Who were the you. first two? Uh, Evans or Davis. Uh, Evans or Davis. Evan, yeah, boy. Yeah. You know what? Like, I always try to say, you know, go try to go down with your stars. You know, you got Cincinnati. Could be forced into some sort of shootout. Mike, look, Mike Evans has not hit double digits. In five games, five, okay. But I think that might be this might be a time where um, they are forced to throw the ball more. So I'm going to say we go. You know, we die with our stars. You go with Mike Evans. Another flex question, Andy. Who do I choose? Fournette, Cooper, or Gibson? Mm, I've been trying to talk myself into Antonio Gibson for about two weeks, and I can't do it because I because I have him on two of my teams. He's great. I can't do it. Andy popped up on the injury report today. Yes. He popped up on today. So we're wiping out Gibson. Uh, and then we had who? Cooper? Or Fournette. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, Amari Cooper and not um, Pharaoh Cooper. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Amari for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Amari Cooper, um, the hip issue is still a thing. I heard from my Cleveland guys this week. It may require surgery in the offseason. But it's like a hip, but it's like a muscle thing, too. Like they said, almost sort of like a type of sports hernia. So he could play through it, but they're not sure exactly what that's going to look like. So, again, that lets me think, eh, maybe we go away from that, which leaves Uncle Lenny left in a super underwhelming Buccaneers offense. Uh, a couple on Twitter today. Joel uh, tweeted at us. He's going to have to ask Andy, Waddle or Kirk? Yeah, you know what? Christian Kirk and Zay Jones have split heavy targets here for most of the year in Jacksonville, but Zay Jones is like 10 to 12 targets. It's ridiculous. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm still going to go with, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily go with Kirk because that Dallas defense, but I think if you put in Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, that sort of split with the Etienne combo might be enough for them to make it based on volume. And it might be garbage time, right? But you can't ignore the volume like Christian Kirk. Listen to the targets since week seven, 10, seven, nine, 12, nine, eight, seven. So we still get those, those bigger games and, and they like to funnel the ball to them. So volume based might come later in the game. Christian Kirk. Uh, let's get through some of these as fast as we can. Try to get as many answers as we can. Rob also using uh, Twitter. He's wondering Hopkins, Walker and Pacheco uh, start two of those three. Ooh, uh, well, Walker for sure. We're yeah. going Walker for sure. And you know what? You're playing Houston. Again, I don't 
like to trust the Kansas City offense. However, you're playing the Houston Texans. The worst. So you should have a chance to get out early and then run the football. So this could be actually a nice day for Pacheco to just run down the clock and get out of Houston with an easy W. Uh, half point PPR in two leagues need uh, two of these three receivers. Uh, Zay Jones, T. Higgins, or DJ Moore? I'd love to say T. Higgins, but he left that Browns game early yeah. with a, a injury. So Thanks I for that take one. Him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take him out. Take Higgins out. Go for the other two. Uh, other league, Metcalf, Ayuk, or Keenan Allen? Ooh. Now, this is interesting because Ayuk gets to jump up without Devo Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. But mm, short week, I still don't know about Brock Purdy's health. I, I think I think actually with that set, you're probably going to be uh, pretty good. I would say Keenan Allen, always the injury risk, but when he's in there, he is still getting, you know, he still has got right back to his WR1 status, and the last three weeks he's given you mid to high team fantasy points. So And the tar- 14 targets bo- uh, last two games. So Keenan Allen's going to give you the volume. Uh, Joel from Clarison wants to know, if Goddard's good to go, do I play him or Dolchich at, t- at tight end? First game back, Goddard, and, and he said it, if he's good to go. Is there is there a question? Can he get right back in? I would like Goddard more next week if he does come back this week and then plays. So I think you go Dulcich. Although again, the Denver offense, my goodness. Half PPR Knight or Watson as a flex? Oh, I love Zonovan Knight. Love Zonovan Knight. I've been telling it for over two weeks. This is week three. I've been telling people go get Zonovan Knight. This guy, even with Michael Carter back, because the question last week was, well, Michael Carter's back. He's going to take the the share. Not so. He outtouched him, I believe, 19-8. to eight. Yep. And this guy, he's still, as of yesterday, I'm not sure what it is now, but as of yesterday, he was only rostered in 56% of most leagues. He's still a cheaper DraftKings DFS play, like a middle-tier price point. I think DFS or, or season-long playoffs, you can go on of the night. Okay, let's run through these as quickly as we can. Cousins or Lawrence? Cousins. Uh, PPR League, I have Goff or, uh, Goff or Fields. Ooh, give me Justin Fields. Give me Justin Fields. Uh, this Texas says uh, made playoffs as the eighth seed. Have a good team other than quarterback. Do I go Lawrence or Goff? Lawrence or Goff. Mm. You know what? Uh, I would say go with go with Jared Goff. A, a slight edge to Goff. Lawrence was shot all week with the toe, and then the guy has a career game. Ridiculous. But go with Goff. Uh, full PPR. Am I thinking Seattle against the San Francisco defense on Thursday, or is that a trap game for Walker and Geno? It, like the uh, to, to go with the San, the San Francisco defense, yeah. or the Seattle defense, yeah, San Fran defense. Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I went, I I tried to pick one of them up. They weren't available. I would, I would say Forty ers defense, yes. And last but not least, JB texting in Heineke or Jones at quarterback this week. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say Daniel Jones. I personally am going to stand behind this because in two of my leagues, I have to start Daniel Jones, not first choice. But I still like in-division game. Played him well fantasy point-wise the last time they were out. I think you go with Daniel Jones. Go with Daniel Jones. Heineke's been interesting, but go with Daniel Jones. Andy, you're the best, pal. Always appreciate the time. Uh, If you missed your question today, you can hit up Andy on Twitter, at AndyMC81, and use the hashtag AskAndy, and Andy will uh, be kind enough to uh, give you some fantasy football advice. Good luck in your leagues this week, pal. We'll chat with you next week, eh?
Yes, you too, and to all the listeners. Talk to you soon. Take care. Andy McNamara, our Wednesday regular here, chatting on Sportsnet 960, answering all of your fantasy football questions and getting you set for Week 15 in the NFL. That'll do it for two hours of Sportsnet today. Reminder, you can get the show wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc., or you can head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. All of our guests brought to you down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Cam for uh, killing it on the board today. We'll be back again tomorrow following the Flames and the Canucks. Still to come, the one, the only, the wonderful Haley Salvian's got Hockey Central 960 coming up next. Pat's got Flames talk later this afternoon. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop between the Flames and the Canucks tonight on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.